somewhere in Second Samuel. I don't remember where, just somewhere. Second Samuel, I'll tell you in a minute. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? I bless the Lord. We still got some plowing to do in this meeting. Second Samuel 21. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Aren't you glad for church? A friend of ours says church was God's idea and it was a good idea. Amen. Bless the Lord. Thank God for church. Second Samuel and 21. Amen. What Brother Dow's talking about tonight is positional truth. It's who you are in Christ. It's what you are since you've been placed in Christ. And it is the prospect and promise and an indwelling principle of what you are since Christ is in you. I think it was Keith Purser, an old mountain preacher, well-read man, gifted man. He was preaching on along these lines one night. And afterwards, he's come to me, tears in his eyes. He said, Amen. He said, Listen, God's people have to know that when they got saved, it was bigger than anything on this earth. Something happened in another world. And you're already there in Christ. And then when in eternity, and when you arrive to where you are, you're going to see that you have been there the whole time. Time is like a capsule container set in front of God. He's standing at the beginning, standing at the end, and looking at it from the middle. And he's talking about past sins and future sins. All your sins were future when he came to the cross. He reached one hand forward to the end of time. Y'all ain't helping me. One hand back to the end of time. Got all of our sins and took them out of time. And while the sacrificial lamb was bleeding on earth, the, the eternal scapegoat took a walk and never came back. Your sins. He reached in your future, made them all past, and he went further back than past. He went right past, past. Into Leviticus, Leviticus described it as a land not inhabited. He took it outside of time and into eternity. Somehow your sins went away and you went up 
He started this. God looked at his son dying on the cross about 2,000 years ago and at the same moment in eternity saw you the moment you came to Christ. They happened to him at the same time. Well, I've got to say it more accurate. They happened to them at the same no time. <laughs> he was in eternity. He saw his son going and you coming at the same moment. <laughs> and he took his hand and met y'all up together. That's how that stuff he's talking about is possible. You say, well, I can't wrap my mind around it. You ain't supposed to. You're supposed to wrap your heart around it. Let me quote the gospel for you. For with the mind man understandeth. No, that was my ESV. I thought it was the early service. Headed to the lake with my shorts. Let's try that again. For with the man, the mind man comprehends. No. Y'all tell me what it says. For with the man what? Yeah. He just believed this stuff. That's all these little old hyper soul winners running around trying to get everybody to understand the gospel. What's funny is, Bill, they think everybody's got to understand the gospel and then they want them to understand it in 30 seconds. <laughs> we don't understand the gospel. We stand under the gospel and trust it. You live a hundred years after you're saved and never understand Fully, not even hardly, partially. For now we see through a glass darkly. In more ways than one. Oh, bless the Lord. That was sign language. Hadn't the Lord been good to it? That's why it don't bother believers. Wars, famines, Pestilences, kingdoms, persecutions, imprisonment, martyrdom. You can't scare a real Christian. Take away their freedom, take away their health. They'll say, I miss that, I miss that, but I'm okay. I've still got him. He's still got me. Oh, my. Amen. These things happen in another world. And one of these worlds is closing down and one of them is going to really open up. Y'all seeing some of that? Yes, sir. That's where you read Ephesians chapter 1. That's where you read Colossians chapter 1. That's where you read Romans chapter 6. Amen. Many other scriptures. Well, hadn't the Lord been good to us? Amen. Amen. I don't charge for them infomercials. Be glad to know that. I hadn't really broke out in singing yet this week, but I do charge extra for songs. I guarantee you. Second <laughs> Samuel 21. 
Lord, thank you for Calvary. Make preaching easy. Make preaching eternal. <laughs> We're glad for 1 John 3. He that is born of God doth not commit sin. He cannot commit sin for his seed remaineth in him. It's the Christ in me that cannot sin. Oh, Lord, thank you. Now breathe on us for a little while. In Jesus' name, all the Lord's people said. Amen. All right, coming at you quick. Second Samuel 21. Conspiracies and covenants. Conspiracies and covenants. Do you understand that Satan has some conspiracies and he'd like to destroy all of us? He is conspiring. Did y'all not see Absalom conspiring against David? He said so. Have you not seen the Antichrist, the beast, false prophet in the book of Revelation conspiring? Have you not read Psalm 2, and G8, and G20? The kings imagine a vain thing. The people imagine a vain thing. The rulers take counsel together. Did you not see a serpent come in a garden? And he had a plan and a strategy to take over. There are conspiracies. Mm. The enemy is conspiring. And they're real. He has plans. Strategies. He has plots. I was thinking about praying with Mordecai a while ago. And, and I thought about the Mordecai in the Bible. Didn't Haman have a conspiracy? He worked that thing. Oh, Haman had him a conspiracy. And the whole thing backfired on him. He set up a parade for himself and gallows for old Mordecai. But when the thing was done, this is where we pop a happy bubble, run out in the middle of the street and shout for an hour. When the thing is done, Haman's hanging off his own gallows and Mordecai's having a parade. The Jews are spared and God's plan's still in place. Conspiracies. In 2 Samuel 21, I'm going to try to show you some conspiracies that are in this chapter. There's a lot of second coming implications in this chapter. At the end of 2 Samuel 21, for example, there's four giants trying to kill God's people, the king, and take over the kingdom. What do y'all think is going to happen at the end times? Those ancient enemies of God are going to be trying to kill the king and the kingdom. The last giant is this, don't have a name. Three giants in a row have a name, but look in verse 20. There was yet a battle in Gath, where is a man of great stature, had on every hand six fingers, every foot six toes. Look at there. He also was born to the giant. He, was, he, didn't, have, he, he didn't have a name, but he seemed to have a number, six. Right. 
and six. Six and six and six and six. I'm just telling you, this is a second coming passage. Look at the beginning of it. There was a famine in the days of David, three years, year after year. Well, folks, there's coming a famine. It's going to be a, a terrible time, three and a half years, and three and a half years. Can I get a witness right there? Uh, when I was growing up, the old preachers taught me there are four times as many scriptures in your Bible talking about the second coming of Christ as there was talking about the first coming of Christ. John, oh, the Lord is sending His Son to take the earth back over. And He sent His Son one time already to take over heaven and hell. Hmm. I studying something the other day and found it remarkable. Pulled out some books on Genesis. I've been preaching out of uh, Genesis 14. Abraham and Lot. Abraham and Melchizedek. Abraham and uh, some things there in Genesis 14. And I got to reading behind an old boy and he pointed out something remarkable. Y'all listen to this. This is as meaty a nugget as I've chewed on in a while. He said the Jews, problem with Jesus is they rejected his first coming while they're open to his second coming. And the Gentile nations messed up because they all accepted his first coming. The whole world acknowledges Christmas but they are not looking or believing in His second coming. Did that make sense to you? It immediately made sense to me. The Gentile were talking about the nations. Isn't that right? The Jews rejected His first coming. They're still waiting on Messiah. They're going to receive Him at His second coming. Every eye's going to see Him and then they'll know that was Him at His first coming. The Gentile nations are okay with a Catholic baby Jesus, a Christmas carol. The whole world nearly except where Muslims get mad will talk about Christmas. The Gentiles, nations, they've seen and accepted the first coming. But most of them didn't really believe what his first coming was and so they're not looking for the second coming. Trying to set up kingdoms and set up nations and and the the humanist and the Hollywood and the heathen. Oh, there's conspiracies. Who are them gods? I've asked many a preacher. None of them's answered me yet. When Lucifer said to Eve, you'll be as gods. Well, who was he talking about? Psalm 82. The gods. God talked to them. You'll die like men. Oh, you better believe there's some bigger worlds than you going to Walmart going on. Hey! You might ought to better give God your little world because in a little while He's taking over this big old world. You'll be glad you and Him merged worlds. Amen! 
this chapter is filled with conspiracies against us and covenants that are for us. And as a side chuckle, uh, I'm a conspiracy man. I believe all the conspiracies, even all of them on YouTube. I'm just, I, and if you ever prove them wrong, that's when I really believe them. Because you tried to prove it wrong. Uh-huh. And if you think you proved it wrong, that's how I know it was right to begin with. So I'm hopeless you're not going to help me. Conspiracies. But oh, I'd almost be willing to go back and find where Absalom had a conspiracy. And it said it, it may have been in chapter 13, 14, or 15, where Absalom conspired to take that kingdom from David. Oh my, can I tell y'all the millennial reign's coming? Look in chapter 22, verse 1. And and right when them four giants fell, see verse 22, these four were born to the giant Gath and fell by the hand of David. (laughs) Honey, when them giants finally go down, look what happens in the next verse. Watch out for happy bubbles. If you're allergic, be a good time to go get a drink from the water fountain. Look what happens when the Lord come, and David spake unto the Lord the words of this what? Song. In the day that the Lord had what? Out of the hand of all his enemies. Hey, y'all, there's coming a day. All these battles will be over. And we're going to wake up on the other side and our king's going to lead us in a song. That millennial reign. Young people, you probably only got 70 years. And you're already eating up some of them. If you get 10 extra, you've already lived some of them. Why would you keep 70 for yourself when you could have a 1,000 of his best? Give him this 70. He's fixing to give you his 1,000. And instead of you being miserable and in a bad shape, for a thousand years. We don't believe in a Roman Catholic purgatory. We don't believe in a saved man ever losing his salvation. But there are rewards in the millennial reign and there are regrets. And some of them regrets may be capital R, capital E, capital G. I don't know how that's going to work, but I don't want to find out. Can I get a witness right there? Hallelujah. All right, y'all want to look at these? Let's take a look. See if I can work my way through this. See if I can work my way through this. Let's see if I... Now, y'all got to come with me. This is difficult reading. This is difficult plowing. This is like walking uphill on a Tennessee rocky hill. And, and But let's try to get through this chapter. Let me see if I can quickly identify some conspiracies. Y'all ready? Okay. Chapter 21, verse 1, there was a famine. It was because what Saul had done to the Gibeonites. Verse 2, the Gibeonites, now what's going on here? The Gibeonites had made a conspiracy back in the days when Joshua was supposed to take over the land. Do y'all remember he was supposed to kill everybody, Joshua? You know who the Gibeonites were? They were that little outfit of Gibeonites who realized this man Joshua and his army is slaughtering everybody. 
We can't beat them. Let's see if we can trick them. You all want to go ahead and start preaching? If a devil can't beat you, he'll join you. And so they put on old rags and got moldy bread and, and, and they acted like they were just passing through the land. And they tricked Joshua into saying, I'll make an alliance with you and we'll spare you since y'all are poor, pitiful people just passing through. Well, they weren't poor, pitiful people. They were part of the heathen that were supposed to be destroyed. That's the first conspiracy you run into. And by the way, Saul committed a crime against these people because the end of verse 2, he sought to slay them in his zeal. And there was blood on the hands and blood on the ground and a famine came. Watch this. Y'all all right with some Bible teaching? Bible preaching? One man didn't go far enough in dealing with the thing, Joshua. And another man went too far trying to fix it, Saul. Do you know how many generations sometimes it takes us to get something straightened out? Talk to me. Is this not something we see in our circles, in our churches? I'm 52 and that's old enough to have watched some things happen and some men would not deal with something and so then other men dealt with it too harshly. And then sometimes somebody deals with something too harshly and somebody comes along and deals with it very lightly. Come on, y'all. I'm going to tell you something. How about we just do what God said the first time around? Let's don't underdo things. Let's don't overdo things. Knee-jerk reactions. Brother Langston mentioned it today. And... uh, uh, overcorrection. Y'all know how Calvinism got here? It was the Puritans were so sick of the Pope's works that they went too far with grace. I've had some friends ball up on me right there and they say, you can't go too far with grace. Let me tell you something, Jack, in the words of Ron Garris, If you go beyond the Bible, I don't care how spiritual, how noble you sound, if you go beyond that Bible, you went too far. And uh, now grace goes further than we'll ever travel. But you ain't got to fix it for him. You ain't got to fix grace for God. God's grace to fix any sinner. God's grace to fix any situation. You ain't got to get out of the Bible trying to explain grace. Okay. Do you see that? See the reformers. They went too far. Well, so, y'all with me? This is not, a, I mean, this is not Bethlehem and John 3.16. There's some heavy duty stuff in here. Okay, that's the first conspiracy I see. Now, here comes a covenant. David 
makes a covenant with the Gibeonites. See verse 3. What shall I do for you and wherewith shall I make the atonement that you may bless the inheritance? I'm going to take my coat off or either request the air condition come on. I want to detox, but not necessarily tonight. That's like an Indian wigwam in there and get the smoke going. I need the detox. Jennifer says I'm full of honoredness. And uh, I, I tell myself that I exercise every night, and so then I refuse to exercise every morning. <laughs> I sweated last night. I got worked up. Says I to me, as I convince myself, and I agree with myself, that we're not going to exercise today. I like me. I get along with me. Look in verse 3. What shall I do for you? Wherewith shall I make the atonement? Okay, we read down to verse 4 and verse 5 and verse 6. They said, let seven men be delivered unto us and we will hang them up unto... Okay, here's your first covenant. I'm going to say something and I need y'all to read into it. And I don't have a soul choir here. I don't even know if y'all have one in Nebraska. But in Georgia, we got plenty of them around Atlanta. Soul choirs. They'll back you up with the organ, drums, seven grannies with floppy hats, and they'll floppy the hat at you. And a deacon with a washboard. Can I get a witness? All I have is you Caucasian people in the middle of Nebraska and corn and wheat. Y'all been watching corn grow and you've calmed down a little too much. In Atlanta, they said, we're going to the Bahamas. And some other one on the shuttle. We're going to Hawaii and, and we're going to go to uh, California to the Los Angeles. I said, I'm going to Nebraska. I'm going to watch corn grow. <laughs> None of them were excited for me. <laughs> and uh, so I need y'all to put on a little soul choir and I need a little organ and a little and granny and I need a deacon with a washboard. Come on, preacher. But I'll take you to Nebraska corner. And you Minnesota, you ain't no better in Minnesota. Don't be, don't be sitting there enjoying it. You ain't no better in Minnesota and Nebraska. I'm going to read this and y'all get you something out of it right here. Let, let me just say it first. I got a king going to make an atonement by hanging them up seven completions and then woo, woo, I may so cry myself <laughs> I need y'all to look at this Bible and, and relish it okay we got a famine in the land so I got a king gonna make an atonement by hanging somebody on a tree amen until the curse that was put on us by another generation is removed you can find Calvary on every page if you look for it he's on every page man it's cold in this church I'm so chilly Tell you what, fella come down here and got to put his coat on in Nebraska. I love picking on Dowell. Leave the air alone and I'll leave my coat on right there. Pastor, don't. Pastor. Um, okay. Do y'all got our first conspiracy down? It's what the Gibeonites did to Joshua. And then we got our first covenant. It's what the king did for the land. 
We're going somewhere with this. Conspiracies and covenants. Okay, let's read on down here. Here's another covenant. I'm about to run. I guess I better show you. Verse 7. Here's an old covenant that sneaks in the picture. Are y'all looking at verse 7? Here's an old covenant that sneaks in the picture. They go to get seven sons of Saul to hang them. And somebody obviously grabbed my Mephibosheth. I love what the King James Bible says, but the king spared Mephibosheth. It goes on to say because of the oath that took place between Jonathan and him. I need to get a little help right here. Whoa! I heard Harold Seitler back in the day preaching on uh, the church uh, going down to Lodibar and uh, in those days a new king would kill all the family members of the old king and he said is there any yet left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake there's old Mephibosheth but it's the second time a chariot pulled up Woo! and every time they thought, he thought they was coming to kill him the first time they were not coming to kill him. They were coming to save him. And David brought him in because of an oath and set him at the table, adopted him. He was crippled because of the fall of another. He was crippled because of the fall of another. But Harold Sattler said when they set him at the king's table, he looked like one of the king's sons said the tablecloth covered his crippled condition. Amen. Thank God. That old broken man you talked about, he's been covered in righteousness and covered in holiness and covered by the blood of Christ. First time they came after Mephibosheth, he thought they were going to kill him, but they came to save him. This time, they were coming to kill him, but he got saved. Ooh, that's some of what he was talking about. Mephibosheth was in the old family the first time, but David brought him in the new family. And so the second time, they come around to kill him because they knew he had been in the old family, and somebody said, nope, he's in the new family. <laughs> ah, that ought to really help you. Ooh. Anybody seeing right in there what your Savior did for you? They should have killed you that first time, but instead he adopted you in the new family. And now the end, and now bad circumstances, they come after you now. Hey, you're the old family. Let's kill it. No, I'm new family. And here is an old covenant, but the king. Can y'all believe it? They used to tell them how to comb their hair and how to knock on a door, and then they made fun of us for shallow preaching. Okay, verse 7. You see it because of the Lord's oath. Mm. Now here comes another, here comes another covenant. I'm about to run. <laughs> Me and Turner may just run here in a minute. Something interesting happens. We got a mama makes a prayer closet. Look in verse 10. Rizpah. <laughs> The daughter of Ai took sackcloth and spread it for her upon the rock. You talk about a rock altar. 
some of these mamas around here. If you're going to be a mama longer than 30 minutes, you're going to have burdens. You're going to have heartaches. Ask some of these mamas how heavy it is to travail for a child. <laughs> we could go on this side of the church and get testimonies of mamas. We could go on this side of the church and get testimonies of mamas. We could come in the middle and burdens that mamas are bearing. <laughs> I need, I need y'all to see this. Is her name's Riss, but she is a concubine. And them seven sons that was hanged. Some of them was hers. And she went out and got under them. I call this a conspiracy and a covenant. She had a plan, <laughs> and she had a prayer. She conspired all within herself to get with God. And then she made a covenant. So she took these boys that were hanging and she got under them and she spread sackcloth on a rock and said she stayed. I need y'all to circle two words. I'm in verse 10 from the beginning of harvest until water dropped upon them out of heaven. And suffered neither the what of the air to rest on them by day, nor the what? The birds are demons and the beasts are devils. The birds travel by day and the beasts by night. A little bird told me, the majority of the time, not every single time, but so much of the time that we believe it, when you see birds in the Bible, they're usually representing demons, devils. That's how a thousand of them can get in you. And uh, you, now we don't have time to do a study right there. But he said the birds of the air, the fowls of the air, they lodged in the branches, corrupted that great tree's branches. They, they, they pecked the seed by the wayside. Almost every time, that blackbird, Kept going out and flesh there nose up with that dove. That type of the Spirit of God, see. But anyhow, these birds and these beasts, I'm gonna tell y'all, hey! My mama sat in that rocking chair. And brother, she prayed like Hannah. My older sister got in such a mess. It's a real shame she wouldn't want her children or yours to know about it. Sixteen, a waitress. 17, I can't even, we don't ever talk about it, but there was six months there. At the same time I was getting locked up. <laughs> Mama had a rocking chair. She prayed like Hannah. She prayed in the bitterness of her soul until words wouldn't come out. She prayed until the words couldn't come. <laughs> and her adversary provoked her sore. And these things ain't going to happen fast. It said, year after year and year by year, her adversary provoked her sore. But I'm glad Hannah could spread sackcloth on a rock and pray for a child that wasn't there and then give that same child to God when it was there. Amen! Honey, there's a mama made a prayer rock altar. 
Now watch this. She wouldn't give up on them boys even though they were already dead. <laughs> Some of you say, well, they're dead. Let's give it up. You obviously hadn't been reading that King James Bible. God had two dead sons. One was named Adam and the other was named Adam. One died in a garden because of a tree and the other died in a garden because of a tree. Y'all ain't helping me. Hey, man. Tell me God can't work with dead children. And a certain man had two sons. One went to a far country because he is dead and one stayed at the house and he was worse than dead. Talk to me. But I seen the father helping both sons. <laughs> what do y'all think about that? He somebody said, "Well, this woman she's crazy. She's just in an extended period of mourning. Them boys are dead. God can't help her. You obviously never had a conversation with Abraham." He said, I'm going to go up on that mountain and I'm going to kill this boy. I'm going to offer him to God. I'm going to sacrifice him to God because he accounted that God was able to raise him from the dead. The entire gospel is based on the fact that you believe he raised Jesus from the dead. Do you believe he can raise you out of the deadness of your sins and then one of these days raise you out of the deadness of a sepulcher? And he'll raise you out of a dead sepulcher even if you never die. This body that he was talking about. This ain't me. This is where I live. Well, he was right here. You were. Sin ain't living in me. I'm living in a body that sin's still moving around in. What do y'all think about that? He said, I can't wrap my mind around it. You still trying to do that? <laughs> Poor you. How about trust your father? Amen. How about trust everything he said about your salvation? Yes. Trust everything he said about your sin. Yes. Trust everything he said about his son. Yes. Trust everything he said about his sacrifice on the cross. Yes. Trust everything he said about all his born again children. Hmm. Yeah, there, there's, there's a covenant. Now what good is it going to do for her? <laughs> Verse 11, read that, and I dare you try not to have a happy bubble. I done got your soul choir organ going, I hope, down in your soul. Are y'all reading the Bible like a saved person, or are you reading it like a modern day education person? Hey y'all, somebody told the king what was going on. <laughs> Do you know if you'll just stay on that altar long enough, somebody eventually going to go tell him, hey, uh, over there. <laughs> Y'all read these verses for yourself. You know what happened next? He said, let's go see about her. You got to read it. It's about four verses. King went down there and said, let's go see about her and them boys. Because the king was the one responsible for them hanging there. 
Our Father's the one that sent His Son to hang there. You think He ain't going to go check on everything? Y'all ain't helping me. Oh, I know our sin did it, but our God, in order to save us, put His Son on that cross. So David went down there and he gathered them sons up. And he took them to the burial place. Do y'all know if you'll just stay on that altar long enough, the king will come by and pick up whatever you're praying about and he'll take it to his world? Y'all ain't helping me. <laughs> you say, well, it's done and it's over. I'll tell you what Joe Parsons, brother, brother, sister, you know what Joe Parsons said? He said, when you train them up in the way they should go, when they're old, and here's what brother Parsons said. He said, you won't be around to see it because they'll be old. He said, but one day they'll be standing by a grave or they'll be standing in a hospital room and everything you ever put in them will stand straight up in them and they'll all of a sudden believe everything. <laughs> and they said that promise is more solid than granite rock that goes down 20 miles. It will not depart. That means it's in there now. <laughs> Woo! I'm about to go slap this big old bald-headed man and just shout for an hour. I got passed over from his... I'm only feeling in the spirit, though. I'm liable to get after the service and he whipped me. I got... Woo! Hallelujah! Yeah! You think it's over with your children? Spread you a sackcloth on a rock and stay the whole season from the beginning of the harvest to the something of barley. There's something right there. That tells me that when he's getting something about until the water dropped, till that latter rain. There's a final rain that's going to finish the harvest off. That's how that latter rain works in October in the Holy Land, in the Mediterranean climate. And y'all, before he finishes up, he'll go get you horse. Amen. Oh, all this is introduction. I'm just trying to show you some conspiracies and some covenants. The message ain't till the end. I may get tired and go eat and y'all finish this. Hallelujah. I got my little pocket watch here. And guess what? I ain't a bit worried about how long y'all sit here. I used to promise my people, I promise you, because I love you, we will not have short services. <laughs> and I meant it. They, I ain't trying to be as smart. They ran 20 on them short services. And we ran 200 on them long ones. Turns out God's people actually like God. <laughs> I guess that is funny. <laughs> That's right. It's a bunch of little old, little old beanie weenie, little old beanie weenie half baloney preachers scared of two grannies. I got a slingshot for you, granny. Hey, granny, look. Oh, granny. 
Sorry. Thought she was Goliath. Sounded like him. Myers and you other men, if you're going to pastor, you don't pastor scared of deacons. You don't pastor scared of old women. You don't, you don't pastor asking what they do and what they... Why are you calling your church theirs? Anytime I get around a pastor, well, they... Is, that, well, is your wife the pastor? Is not your church? You don't... What's the deal, Pill? I don't know how many preachers that I go in there and spend a week with them and the whole time they say, well, they you know, at their church, you know, and, and what they've decided and the way they do it. They? Did you somehow pastor the church and never join it? <laughs> Who's they? I'm like, well, I hope they believe in giving an offering. Seems like you're out of the picture. <laughs> Jennifer needs Walmart this week. Who do I get the offering from? Does you, why don't you just go to Walmart? Do you have anything to do with this at all? See what happens when I'm totally relaxed and at home? <laughs> Just like at my house. There was six kids. The thing about there being too many kids in the house is you get a whipping because the mom and dad are mad at what the other one did. <laughs> when there's like a dozen youngins, just whip them all. Which one did it? She did it, he did it, they all did it. Give them all a whipping. There's so many bad churches out there. Y'all are getting a whooping right now. And it's not even your church, but I, I really enjoyed beating on you there. It made me feel so much better. Let me tell you something about large families. There's a whole bunch of lies about large families. Well, large families, y'all must love each other. We hardly know each other sometimes. Who's that? That's kid seven. Oh, yeah. Is that my brother? Yeah, he's been your brother four years. Oh, hey, little brother. The lies of large families. People say, oh, y'all must be so close. Yeah, I think so. Mom talked to me like one time in the second grade, another time in the eighth grade. Come on, large families. Am I telling you right? Do you have a mama? I don't know. I've been a mama since I was eight. I've changed diaper fed babies. I don't know what mama does, but, you know, I've been a mama. Come on, y'all ain't helping me. I got a little list of large family, the lies of large families. Yeah, we get whippings in the place of other siblings. Yes, sir. Oh. Well, I'll read that list to you sometime. Let's find the next one. Let's find the next one. There was a conspiracy by the Gibeonites. There was a covenant that spared Mephibosheth. Their Rispah made a covenant for her children. And then come down, there's two more. I'm coming on down here. And see verse 14, after that God was entreated for the land. So now we have war. Verse 15, we have war again with Israel. Is anybody smelling the second coming? Y'all were shaping up for one big old war and it's going to involve Israel. The first mention of war in your Bible is Genesis 14 where is the first mention of the word Hebrew. And it's where Abraham takes his trained servants and defeats kings from the far east that were trying to take over the Middle East. 
Where's America? America's going to party herself to death and not be anywhere in prophecy. This thing's going back over there. I need everybody to understand something. Jesus, He's real, and He's coming back here, and we'll be with Him. Amen! That thousand-year reign, we're fixing to live in it, in glorified bodies. And we'll be saved to sin no more. That was Percy Ray's favorite song, and that was his favorite verse. That was his favorite singing verse in his ministry. Had the great Camp Zion in Myrtle, Mississippi, when all the ransomed church of God is saved to sin no more. That's the blessed hope. The blessed hope is not the second coming. The blessed hope is what the second coming is bringing to us. It's bringing that full and final sanctification. Right now, you're positionally sanctified by Christ. Right now, you're being progressively sanctified on a day by day into the image of Christ by the Spirit. And on that trumpet day, you'll receive perfect sanctification by the Father when He calls you up and in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump this, this corruptible shall put on incorruption. What a day that'll be. What a day that'll be. The second coming people. War with Israel. You know what opened up when Afghanistan was abandoned by uh, the communists? It opened up when we abandoned Afghanistan. The ancient silk route where China used to bring her silk and her spices. The ancient trade route to the original, the Middle East, and which was the beginning of creation. And that's when they used to bring it. How do you think that 200 million man army is going to march over in the tribulation? Yes, sir. You're right. Everybody says, they're making, a, they're making a way for the oil, the pipeline. Well, they might think they are. But what's happening is God making a way for prophecy. And them kings of the east has come to take over the Middle East. Oh my. There's war with Israel. Let's see if I still got my soul choir. And David went down. <laughs> Y'all been watching corn grow too long. I have a king. And when they all come and gather around in Israel against Jerusalem, the heavens are going to roll back like a scroll and my greater David is going to went down. By the way, while we're getting happy about the second coming, it's very interesting. Gentile church age is an age of faith, not sight. Which is why you don't need a dance team, you don't need lights, you don't need a fog machine, you don't need screens, because visuals have never worked for the church age. The eye gate goes to your head. The ear gate goes to your heart. So then faith cometh by and hearing by the... Okay. Now the Jews require a sign. 
And God always gives them signs. Exodus and Acts. He gives them signs and wonders. They operate by sight. Do y'all know the rapture's for the church? Do you know the second advent when he literally comes there is for the Jew? Don't get ahead of me, Rudd. Did you know the rapture will be heard and not seen? Did you know the second advent will be seen and not heard? Because one's for the Gentile and the other's for the Jew. And the world ain't going to hear the rapture. Just us. They'll think thunder. Paul, when he got saved, he's the only one heard the voice. Others standing around and said it thundered. Y'all ain't helping me. The voice, the archangel, the trump of God. My sheep hear my We're going to hear him. The world's going to say, wow, that was thunder. Somebody broke the sound barrier. Yeah, huh? Yeah, huh? Yeah, huh? Sound barrier, sight barrier, space barrier, ice barrier. We're going to break all the barriers. We're going to break polar barriers and grizzly barriers. We're going to break all the barriers. Oh, what do y'all think? That? I just... I just that just dawned on me two weeks ago studying. And then it came to my meditations. I ain't read that or heard that. It's just in my meditations. The rapture. It's for the church and that's why nobody's going to see it. And then the second advent is going to be for the Jews and the world and the nations. In Revelation 1 verse 5 or verse 7. Verse 7 and every eye shall see. I'm about to shout. Well, I need to dismiss. We need to pray. Oh, y'all got any more for me? How y'all doing? I don't remember when this thing started. I think I just, I don't remember. I know what time it is. I just know what time it was. What good is that thing? You want to look at the last two? There's a conspiracy and a covenant. Okay? Let's see if I can give it to you in 20 seconds. I mean, I'm going to comment on it then. I'm going to time myself. 20 seconds. Can I explain to you this? All right, beginning there on six. There were four sons of the giants, and they had a conspiracy to come kill David and take the kingdom. But there were four sons of Zariah the young mighty men of David and they had a covenant to protect the king and the kingdom. I did that in 20 seconds exactly. Woo! I need to say something to all these young men and all these precious young ladies here. <laughs> Satan's got children. Have y'all seen the monsters in Portland? In Seattle, you see the news, all the inner city, the riots, you see people, different colors and different horns and nuts and bolts and countenances and fangs. Have y'all not seen the demon-possessed monsters that inhabit the cities of our nation? Satan has children. 
the giant had sons. Find me the verse real quick. And he thought he had a new sword. And he thought to have slain David. Find it for me. It's the first giant. Ishbibinov. I really expected more out of y'all. What verse is it? Verse 16. Need you to underline that. He had a new sword. He had a new sword. Hey, y'all. I think I'll just keep my old Bible. Hey, y'all. I think I'll just stick with an old prayer closet. And prayer promises he gave us are 2,000 years. I'll just, we'll keep them. And there are other prayer promises that are 4,000 years old. He had a new sword. Old brother Scott Polly, he's a fine brother. 46-year-old evangelist. He's out of West Virginia. The other day he said, uh, there's never been a revival come forth from a clever idea shared on social media. I said, I'm glad to hear you say that. I was wondering how old-timey you was. Oh, my. Oh, my. I don't need a new sword. I'm sorry, we don't need to turn the youth group into a rock concert so Americans will go to church. You may get Americans to come to something, but it ain't going to be church. You'll have to quit having church. They'll come to your thing if you'll quit having church. And then you can only do that once a week for 45 minutes or they're not even coming to that. And then if a green bug kills about a thousand people, but we act like it killed a billion people, then they'll quit church too. I need a little help right there. Oh, mercy. Corona just shut down a bunch of that fake church. And all them people that wouldn't go to a real church then didn't have to go to their own church. And then their preacher ain't got enough gut to tell them you need to come back. And so he gets his turtleneck and his domineering wife and they sit in the coffee table and he gives a little chat over a live stream. Can I get a witness? Corona just cleaned out fake church. Cleaned out all of our church. Everywhere I go, they tell me, there are some people that still won't come back. They go to Walmart. They go to the ball field. They go to Grandma's house. Dear time. Oh, you talk about conspiracies. We're living in we're living in some things. There were four sons of the giant had a conspiracy. And y'all, the giant, the beast. There's a conspiracy to take this world. They want to kill his bride and take his world. But there's four young men who had a covenant. Can I tell y'all something amazing? I'm, I'm done, except for the other things I'm going to say. I'm done. <laughs> you read this. I'm not going to take the time to read it. Study it when you go home tonight. Every one of these giants had features. What the kids would call superpowers. And it, and it, and it talked, each one of them had special 
features and, char- and powers and characteristics. But these four young men that fought for the king, nothing special. They didn't have one superpower. They didn't have extra ears and extra elbows. and They couldn't pick up a tank and eat it and then throw a building at you like these giants could. They just had a name and they had a God. They killed the giants and didn't have any superpowers. I wish I had Young folk, just be yourself. God can use you. He's got all the powers that we need. And so I want to say something. Here's the message. Here's the message. You and I are surrounded in an hour right before the second coming. There are dark, devilish conspiracies all around us. Coming after your home, coming after your ministry. Monsters don't hide in the closet and give you a nightmare at 2 a.m. Them are fake. Them are fake devils to distract you from the real devil. He ain't trying to scare you. He's trying to ruin you. All these horror movies that Hollywood's put out, that ain't what demons do. It's more fearful than it is scary. They want to get you in sin. They want to get you, if they can't get you preachers in sin, they want to get you in alliance. If they can't beat you, they want to join your church. If they can't get us with a woman, they'll get us with a pile of money. If they can't get us with a pile of money, they'll get us with a pile of popular friends. Whatever it takes to stop Brother Dean. Whatever it takes to stop Brother Dal. Whatever it takes to stop Samuel from standing. Whatever it takes to stop Mordecai from becoming that missionary. Whatever it takes to stop Elijah from being a firebrand for God. If he can't get you into sin, he'll just get in there in cahoots with you. Whatever it takes. There are conspiracies from hell. And if you could see if God can open your eyes. Do you remember that Elisha sitting there with his servant and they come to kill him? Elisha preached so hard the heathen come to kill him at his house. And the servant looked down and said, and Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes. Let him see what's really happening. And the Bible said, the boy, the servant lifted up his eyes and looked. Behold, the mountain round about was filled with chariots of fire and horses of fire. And the King James Bible said, they that are with us are more than they that are with them. Well, if I could get y'all to look and lift up your eyes, you'd see devils. And by the way, what happened in Lot's day when they was trying to get in the house? They were smitten with blindness and they couldn't find the door. And Elisha and his servant, they were smitten with blindness and couldn't find the door. The reason this place ain't filled with people is because they've been smitten with blindness and they can't find the door. 
Let me tell you something while you're doing the, and we all need to keep doing the gospel work. God ain't going to let most of them find us. Because when he came by, they didn't want us. The door was open a long time. And they spit on it and cussed at it and kicked it and laughed at it and tried to burn it down. And then they come back full of devils and God said, ain't going to let them find the door. Somebody said to me, what's wrong with the preachers in this last hour? Not getting anybody saved. I said, they're the best preachers he's had in the church age. He's the only ones they could trust to do this with no results. Probably some of the best highest caliber preachers he's had in 2,000 years. He saved for the very end. Man, that would do it for him and nothing else works. <laughs> Men that would do it for him. <laughs> in your personal witnessing, and I am not a Calvinist, I think you ought to, I think the gospel ought to be preached to every creature. But you be led of the Spirit. If he don't open the door talk, trying to talk, I think you ought to try to approach everybody. And if God don't let it happen, it ain't going to happen. He told Isaiah, you're going to go, they're not going to hear you because I'm not going to let them because they would not hear me. And the door, blind. You got the bar right across the road. How come? Trying to drink away their sorrows. How come they can't cross the street and come in here where the hope the fountain of life. I'll tell you why. They didn't want to come in the door, now they can't even see it. Sitting over there drinking and can't see 50 cars lined up. Can't see angels and, and, and harps and doves and glory clouds and sparkling gems. The greatest treasures the world's ever known is just a shining right here and they're 20 feet away and can't see it. It ain't because God's into fatalism. It's because men, when they kick at the door, then they're not allowed to see the door later on. I'm glad I saw the door. I'm glad I went in the door. I'm glad the door was open and I'm glad I can go in and, and come out and find pasture. There are conspiracies all around us. But there ought to be covenants all amongst us. You young men ought to covenant. I want the Turner boys and the Langston boys to come stand right here. God's put you all together. All over here. Stand together. Don't you boys lock arms with each other. There you go, lock arms. That's it. That's it. Now, I want the young men from Freedom come over here. Samuel, you get in the middle. I know you ain't a boy, but you get in the middle of them, son. Liza, you ain't no boy, but 
Come down here. Come on, young man. That's right. You boys from freedom. <laughs> I don't want to overlook any young men that don't want to leave them out. Y'all lock arms, boys. <laughs> Call them down, Pastor. Okay, Josiah, come on, son. He's a little shy, McClintock. Get in there, Josiah. Okay. There's some giants outside that door and they've been thinking on how to kill the whole outfit with new swords. You know, if they couldn't put them dirty magazines because they was all in the 7-Eleven and you had to drive to it at midnight and hide. But there's a new sword. He'll just put it in your hand. And, and if all the preachers in America want to go after the dollar bill and go after popularity and turn all of our old-fashioned churches into, instead of old-time, showtime churches. And there's only a few real ones. There's new swords! The giant's got sons and they want to, he, wants to, he wants to take your king. <laughs> Brother Dow, you come stand right here. That's y'all's shepherd. Brother Langston, you come stand right here. Brother Turner, you're with him. Come stand with you, Pastor. Oh. Brother Dale, you represent the men of the church. Come stand with the pastor. And I know he's got more than you, but I want you to represent him. <laughs> Them giants came after to kill the king. <laughs> All them kings had shield bearers. <laughs> right at me. Stand out in front of you boys where they can see you. Stand out there with him, Brother Turner. Oh my. Do y'all know? Talk to the ladies a little bit. <laughs> Do y'all know what these young men and these men of God need? They need a bunch of rispas to spread, spread sackcloth on a rock and stay under them. Ladies, you're the ones that get under us when the fathers have failed and the sons are being killed. Wasn't that the story? Saul had failed and... The men had failed and the sons were paying the price. But there's always a mom. <laughs> there's always a woman with travail that can stand for the whole season and fight off birds by day trying to pick their flesh and beasts by night. I want you to make your way over to the piano. and You softly play whatever's in your heart. Oh my. <laughs> Here in a minute, I want you boys, you either go back to your seat and sit down, or you lock arms with your partners that God's put you with. And you boys, and I know you play together, and you probably fuss together, and you run around together, and you're, gonna, you're growing up together. But y'all need to be the sons of Zariah. And you need to tell Jesus, I'll fight for you. I'll fight for your kingdom. I'll fight for your men. 
I'll fight for the kingdom. Yes. In a minute, you boys need to go back to your seat and sit down. But if you want to, you lock arms with some of these that you're growing up with. You know them boys? You know they made a covenant way back there? <laughs> They'll never take our king. That's right, preacher. They'll never take our kingdom. We heard about David killed a giant. One day we need be, we'll kill giants for him. You know they made that covenant. Y'all obey God, boys. Y'all obey the Lord. But any mamas want to, let's all stand with our heads bowed. Is there any ladies? You ain't got to be a mama. But do we have any ladies that want to come and help us pray? We need some wrist pies. Making rock altars. Oh, we need some mothers and sisters, servants. Ladies, you feel free to come pray. Young ladies, come pray.